The reading, the first reading is from John 3, verses 1 to 8. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Then we turn to Matthew 28. And it's um, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. May God bless us this reading to our heart. Right. I'll tell you what, we get rid of all this because uh, these things aren't big enough for me anyway. I usually end up tripping over myself. <laughs> I heard that the definite about a good preacher was to keep an eye on uh, the congregation and if you haven't struck oil in the first five minutes, stop boring. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't apply tonight. <laughs> this morning, um, I was speaking to Chris, and uh, Andy was saying, "We haven't got anyone to play." Uh, oh, got turned on. Thanks. Is that on now? Good, thanks Kevin. Uh, he said, we haven't got one to play tonight. I was, oh no, <laughs> can be one of those meetings, is it? Yeah, we haven't got anyone to play tonight. She got any hymns? Yeah, I've got a few hymns. I said, are they, uh, are they member friendly? Can we? Yeah, yeah, he says, I think, I think we can do that, he said, but I'm not going to start them off. <laughs> so I said, no, neither am I. <laughs> so, so, 
we was in a bit of a dilemma. And then uh, I think in your wisdom, because I wasn't in this room this morning, uh, you made an appeal. And David came forward afterwards and said, I'll play. And we said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Do you know, I'm always excited when God puts his hand on a meeting. And it, for sure, God was putting his hand on the meeting in that sense. So David came and played for us. But also, he's picked the first one, which was one of my favourites. God sent his son. I'm always excited when I read words like this. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. My heart goes hallelujah, just just for the reading of it. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. Now there's an empty grave to prove my saviour lives. Because it, oh, this fantastic stuff. But verse two, look at verse two, because I've got a new version on verse two. This was, um, uh, this was written by the, I, I always get their names wrong. Who are they? Gators. The, the gay, the Gators. I always call them the Gators. I don't know why, but I think of Florida when I say it. Um, you know, <laughs> the Gators in the marsh, you know. Um, and when their baby was born, they wrote verse two. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. But greater still, the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives. You know, my version of this is that this is Jesus holding us when we're born again. How sweet he feels to hold this newborn baby that's given their life to me that is born again and feel the pride and joy out of my suffering on the cross and resurrection this child has been born again and feel the pride and joy he gives but greater still the calm assurance this child this child can face uncertain days because he lives. What more could you want to start off uh, an evening service? That's number 52, Steve. Yeah, you're going to enjoy that as well as me. I'm sure you will. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Right. Okay, so I suppose we better start. <laughs> we better start the word, hadn't we? Yes, praise God. Well, I'm going to have a word of prayer too, if you don't mind, um, just to open up. Lord... It's our hearts we want you to speak into. It's our spirits, our souls we want you to revive. We don't just want uh, a religion born out of a good argument or, or somebody's uh, testimony, wonderful may it, may it be. But we want that testimony, we want the words that we speak tonight and everything that's done to touch our souls. This is not an attitude of mind tonight. This is a relationship with a living God and the uh, revelation of a Holy Spirit. Uh, so... Uh, all of that was in the Father's will. Be with us and bless us tonight, uh, we pray, uh, as we continue in this meeting. Amen. 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 Praise God. Now, what a waste of time if you've come here this, this evening and don't receive something of God. I can guarantee all of you that every meeting you come to, God has got something for you. How many people were at the prayer meeting on Wembley or wherever it was? Two. <laughs> How many? No, not from us. In the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Thousands, thousands of people going to Wembley Saturday. 
yesterday? Praising God and worshipping God. And isn't that what we want for our nation? Let's get more Wembleys, let's get more arenas filled, let's get more prayer going out. And you know, each and every person at that... Uh, at the arena that we're praying were children of God, if they were praying. Uh, and that's what we want. We want the children of God to rise up in prayer uh, and worship and in a demonstration by going there that Jesus is still alive and in this com- at work in this country. Praise God. Matthew 28 then. Last week we ended... With, with Matthew 28. That was um, as a result of our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. Different ministers have been coming and speaking about uh, different aspects of the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and last week we got to Matthew 28, the last chapter. Uh, and Roger said to me, um, you know what you're doing um, uh, Sunday night, don't you? I said, no. He said, Matthew 28. I said, it's been done. He said, ah, but... That's not the end of the story. So my uh, my position tonight is to minister on the fact that at the end of Matthew 28, it was not the end of the story. All right, how am I going to do that? Well, Matthew 28 and verse 6... We've got that lovely scene in the garden uh, where they come to see uh, where Jesus is and they look inside the tomb and the angel uh, sort of looks at them and said, He's not here, for he... He's risen. He's risen. Wow. He's not here. Nobody here because Jesus is risen. And it's because he lives... Yeah, just to go back to our hymn, you see, I was thinking of that when I, when I wrote that, penned that, didn't know what David was going to bring. Uh, because he lives, we come into a relationship with him. Now, I'll put this over here because it will fall off of there if I, if I run backwards and forwards, if I, if I try and balance it. Right, Galatians 4, I've got Galatians 4 uh, and verses uh, 4 to 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Here he comes again. Echoes of that hymn. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Remember, if Jesus didn't rise, we would not come into this blessing of coming into his kingdom and, and being children of his. Because you are the sons of God... God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter, an heir uh, of God through Christ Jesus. It's not the end of the story when Jesus died. He rose again. And he rose again so that we could come into a living personal relationship with him. And if we haven't got a living personal relationship at this evening, maybe it's a good time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Perhaps he wants to bring us into that relationship. I've known Christians come up to me and say, what do you mean by a relationship? And they have been Christians, they've been Christians many years, but they haven't understood that there's a relationship we can have with Jesus in our heart. I'm so pleased that when I was born again, he took me right into that relationship. Now here's one you can get your teeth into and argue with me afterwards. The prime function of the cross is to save. That's a good one. A key function of the resurrection is to serve. Alright? You, you, you may want to sort of talk to me after that. By the way, please talk afterwards. There's a prayer corner there. But anything we say that you're not sure of or you don't agree with, come and talk to us. It's good to talk about the things of God in God's house. The prime function of the cross is to save. 
a key function of the resurrection is to serve. Matthew 28, I'm going to have to bring this a bit closer, otherwise I'm going to get dizzy. Right, Matthew 28, uh, we read... um, Thank you for that reading. Who was it? Jill. Thank you for that reading, Jill. Um, authority. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded with you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So with his resurrection came our sonship. Uh, As we asked him into our lives to forgive us our sins, so we became sons and daughters uh, of God. As the Holy Spirit uh, made us anew, we were born again. Yeah, we got a soul and a spirit, it wasn't doing much, but once the Holy Spirit came uh, in, uh, uh, that soul and spirit lived again. We could never understand who God was anyway, unless our soul and spirit were made alive again. Uh, The world doesn't know who God is. The world doesn't understand that Jesus was his son and died on the cross. But we, when we received him into our lives, the Holy Spirit did that certain something. We call it that just that one touch, don't we? That's what we've been looking at this year. And touched our lives. Uh, and it all became uh, something that we understood and entered into. So, resurrection, to serve. Who serves? <laughs> well, let's look first at his service. At the service of Jesus. Now, um, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Chris. That reading, what you read, mm-hmm. right at the beginning, uh, are you able to read it again? Yeah. Sometimes you shut your Bible and it's gone, but I'm sure you've, uh, you've remembered that. So let's look at the example of Jesus um, and his service. Because I, I really, and again, I didn't know you were going to read this, did I? Whoever wants. Oh, yes, then, yeah. (laughs) Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Brilliant, thank you. Now, I didn't know he was going to read that, um, but that was all, obviously all part of, uh, of this evening's theme, uh, that Jesus himself came to serve, and he is our example. He's known as the Servant King. That's what, again, that's what we've sung tonight. I just think this is fantastic. Um, this is our God, the Servant King. Um, so he came to serve us. Uh, on earth, he was born in a stable, not in a palace. That service, isn't it? King of kings and lord of lords is one of his titles. Yet he was born in a stable. No big hairy fairy stuff, uh, but really such humility that that son of God was born in a stable. He led by example, not by a set of rules. He had every right to, to read us the right act, I suppose, in many senses. But Jesus led by example. Oh, that hurts. That hurts me sometimes. Leading by example. He healed and forgave. He did not judge and punish. Isn't that wonderful? He didn't judge and punish. Yet they hung him on a cross. Uh, And he submitted to that. A servant king. So that we could be forgiven. A servant king. He came to serve. In heaven now. Right, I'm going to read this too. Hebrews. 
Right, this is great. So uh, he, he, he rose again, he ascended to heaven, doesn't stop him being present with us uh, uh, tonight, of course. And uh, I'm going to read Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Uh, and it says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who is passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast to our faith. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathise with our weaknesses, but was in all points and everything tempted as we are, yet he didn't sin. Well, Lord, I can come to you and tell you anything. You're not surprised at me. You're not disgusted at me. You're not ashamed of me. Uh, You understand it. You don't want me to be there, but then you died to bring me from where I am to where you want me to be. Praise God. Oh, right, where else are I? Um, For we don't... Let us hold fast and come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find hope in time of need. Jesus is our great high priest. He continues to serve. Isn't that amazing? He served us whilst on this earth. Uh, uh, He died on the cross. uh, And when he rose again, he went back to heaven. Jesus is still serving because he forever speaks to the Father about us. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Your name tonight could well be uh, on the lips of Jesus in the throne room of God. (laughs) Yeah? God is for us. He's not against us. We have him as a, a great high priest who is presenting our case. That's what the high priest did. He's presenting our case before God in the very throne room of heaven. That's a Jesus I love. <laughs> uh, he's always present with us to encourage us and reassure us. He serves us through the provision he gives us, not in submission to us. We are not greater than Jesus. He doesn't serve us in the sense uh, of being in submission to us, but he serves us in the sense of the provisions that he gives to us. The shepherd and the sheep, that's another well-known example of of Jesus, the great shepherd. Well, the shepherd serves the sheep by taking them to the right pasture, by protecting them from the wild animals, by making sure they're safe. Has anyone got a drink of water? (laughs) Sorry, I'm drying up here. So that's the way in which he serves us. He serves us not in submission, but in provision. What a great God we have. What a lovely Lord we've got. Right, now, this is a good bit. This is the bit you may not want to be getting to. That's his service. What about our service? How should we serve? (laughs) How should we serve? Um, right, well, who serves? Matthew 28 verse 18 is what we read about going, uh, it sends us into all of the world. There is no exclusion clause in that, ver- in those verses. Uh, I better turn around, I better turn about, otherwise someone's going to be wondering what I'm talking about. Right, Matthew 28. Let's read it again, uh, just to get our mind around it. Um, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, everyone. No exclusion, not all those under 25. Oh, thanks, Dave. We've got one too. Not bad, eh? Mm. Not all those under 25, all those that haven't got enough money in the bank, or all those that feel ill. No. Go into all the world. Everybody. 
Oh dear. <laughs> Why? Because we're born again. We've already done that bit. Uh, we serve because we're born again. Because we love Jesus. And it's that lovely, uh, that lovely uh, part of scripture that says um, um, that um, what, that which is of the spirit is spirit, that which is of the flesh is the flesh. Dividing out the two parts of our nature. Alright, we're flesh and we're spirit. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're not born again in the flesh. Because we've already said we can't understand God in the flesh. We're born again in the spirit. Uh, and uh, if you look in scripture, sometimes where two spirits are mentioned, there's one with a small s and one with a, good, a big s. Um, my spirit bears witness with your spirit would be a good one. Uh, my spirit would be a small s and your spirit would be a big s. Um, that, that's, that's so, I find that so interesting and so helpful. So, um, so we're born again in the spirit. Praise God. Praise God, I can lift up his name uh, and glorify that name because my spirit has been born again of Jesus. His Holy Spirit has come into my life. And that gives me the ability to go to Wembley and praise and glorify God as though there's no tomorrow and enjoy every second of it because my spirit is full and is bearing witness with his spirit. It's a relationship, so we serve because we've come into this wonderful relationship who serves us? Why? Because we're born again. When? When do we serve? Oh, well, it must be Sundays. Sundays is the time we all serve God. We come to church, we do our bit. Uh, this, that and the other. Uh-oh. Uh, no, we serve continuously. I can't even spell it. But <laughs> I understand what it means. 1 Corinthians 15 and 31, uh, Paul says, I die daily. That means he dies to himself and lives for Christ daily. Not Sunday or Monday, if it lasts that long, or Tuesday, if I've still got my notes, or Wednesday, if it's really going well. He said, I die daily. Each morning we wake up. Isn't it, wouldn't it be good if we could say, welcome Lord Jesus into my life. Take me through the day. I commit my life and the rest of the day to you. Wouldn't it be lovely? I die Daily. Luke 9 verse 23, Jesus says, Take up your cross daily and follow me. Oh, it's going to be hot now, isn't it? Open the door, open the windows. So it's me, because I love Jesus, and I serve daily. Where? Where do I serve? Well, you serve wherever he takes you. That's an open-ended statement. You cannot dictate to God where you're going to serve. Oh, I go to this church, nice church, that, yeah. People like me, they've all got a car, or, or most of them have got a car, they're nice people like I am. Yeah, I'll go to that church. No. No. You pray, you say, Lord, where do you want me? And he will put you where he wants you. My job. I went to Jesus for my job. Now, if you're already in a job, don't worry, you haven't got to look for another one. <laughs> we always start where we're at. So, up until now, by default, Jesus has been leading us to wherever we are in our lives. So, we haven't got to search for another church, please. Uh, you're okay, Jesus brought you here, start from where you're at. Um, so, but where? Well, John 10, uh, verse 3, I'll read that too, I think I had that somewhere. Matthew Lamar, John 10 is the sheep chapter. Uh, and it says, um, wing, right, it says, the sheep, uh, the sheep follow him. He goes before them. That's the bit, isn't it? He goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. 
He goes before us. Whatever's going to happen next week, he knows about. He is there already. We just need to trust him, don't we? And I have this overriding confidence in my Lord that whatever problems are out there in next week or the rest of my life, although they might not all just disappear, he will be with me through all of them. I've said, I've had some problems that have cleared up at the mention of a prayer. Get to this prayer corner. I've had uh, problems cleared up. And when I look back, it was when I began to pray that the answer began to happen. But whether it's instant or whether it's later, he goes before us. There is nothing for us to be afraid of. Uh, and even, even in Africa, in, as in places like Zimbabwe, where we've met Christians, black Christians from that country that have lost so much, they have got the confidence that their God is with them every step of the way and that they will ultimately come into the victory. They continue to serve, though the aspects of their life you would have thought would have swept their faith away. It doesn't. It doesn't, because God, as we've got problems, we draw near to God, and God draws near to us. And it is a wonderful, wonderful fact of life. Right, service. Who serves? All of us. Why? Because we're born again, and we love him, and he loves us, and we have a relationship with him. When? Continuously. We've got some work to do on that bit, haven't we? I've <laughs> got some work to do on that one. Every day. What did they used to say? What was that saying? Every day, in every way, I'm getting... <laughs> so you've heard that falsehood as well, haven't you? <laughs> but in Jesus, it's a fact. If we keep on with him, he'll keep on with us. Right. How to serve now. Have you got your notebooks ready? How are we going to serve him? Right, here we go then. Well, it's not too difficult really. You're already doing it. Do you know that? You're already doing it. To keep continuing to believe and exercising your faith is serving God. You're here. You're still believing. So you're serving. That's good, isn't it? It's great, isn't it? So that doesn't make, put it out of our reach, does it? Everyone here tonight is serving God because they are continuing to exercise their faith in him. That is a, a tremendous service to God. Some days we do it better than others. But living our faith is effective. Holding fast. Living our faith. Is, have anybody ever said to you, Oh, you're a little goody-goody. Did you ever get that? Um, because you're trying to live a life that you know Jesus wants you to live. And we all know what he wa- how he wants us to live. It's all in there. The blueprint when the Holy Spirit, when we were born again of the Holy Spirit, God put his heart and mind into ours. We know how he wants us to live. Uh, and uh, and so uh, our faith, it, goody-goody, I got that. Or, and I'm, not, I'm never quite sure what this one meant. Well, if that's what being a Christian is, I don't know if I want to be one. My dad used to say that to me, and I used to think, oh, I must have done something wrong. <laughs> I couldn't have, couldn't have been impressing him as much as I'd like to have done. But, but then that's a, that's a warning shot, isn't it, for us? Maybe when we let Jesus down, other people see it, and it's a disservice to him. So serving through living our life and, our, and, and, and uh, keeping the faith is a very, very important thing. Um, 
Damien. I went to work uh, on a shop floor somewhere in Paul, and the person in charge of the shop floor was a great big lad uh, called Damien. And I don't know what swear words he didn't know, because I know most of them, I've heard most of them in my time, and he was pretty good. He used most of them all the time, did Damien. Uh, And he thought, for some reason, he thought, I was not a bad Christian. He said, I know you're a Christian, David, I know you're a Christian. Why did he know? I never told him at that time. Why did he know I was a Christian? Amazingly, because I always got to work on time. (laughs) Ah, this bloke's hard. He gets to work on time. And he stays to the end. This bloke must be a Christian. Right, that was one of the things. The other thing he said, I never swore. He says... That marked you down as far as I'm concerned as a Christian because you never swore. And I don't know people who don't swear. So you must be a Christian. Uh, the other reason was I sent him a birthday card with God bless on it. <laughs> that was a good clue. That was a good clue. Happy birthday, Jeff. Mind you, he was going on about his birthday for about a month. So I better send him a card. So I sent him a card and said, all the best, blah, 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 blah. Um, God bless Dave. So he said, I knew then. He thought I was a Christian beforehand, but this time he got a God bless and he said, I knew you was a Christian. And he didn't mind. I mean, bless his heart. We had lots of good talks. The door was opened simply because I was keeping the faith and doing my best to live the life. And it spoke volumes. And the fact that you're here tonight, people know where you are. God is using you tonight. The Holy Spirit is using the fact that you are keeping the faith. Believe me. Believe me, it is, it's, it's an absolute fact. Um, right. But then, of course, we do need to give reference to our faith at some time or another. I simply wrote, God bless. There are other times when I've prayed like mad for the Lord to bring an opportunity to speak to somebody about my faith, rather than leaping in. Uh, And uh, as time goes by, God will always give you an opportunity. Where was you Sunday? Where was you the weekend? Well, I went to church on Sunday. You know, but that, well, is, is, is pointless by itself. I went to church on Sunday, but backed up by the way you're living, it makes absolute sense to people, and they're very quick to understand that you've become a, that, that you're a Christian. Um, up at Hardy School, as a caretaker there, I've told you this before, haven't I? Uh, some of you may not have heard it, but I used to um, witness to the groundsman. We had a, we had a good relationship, and I'd known him for some time. We had a witness, and I had a new assistant caretaker join me, and I was saying, Lord. Give me the opportunity to witness to that person. I'm not going to go rushing in. I want it to be a God appointment. Give me the opportunity. Week went by. I said to Gloria, that new lad, we're praying. We're praying. Give us give the opportunity. Two weeks went by. Three weeks went by. I said, Lord, what are you, what are you doing? You know, when is this opportunity going to come? Because I'm saying nothing. <laughs> I am trusting you. A month went by. I don't know how long it was. I think it was about three months. And I was busted. <laughs> I used to go and say, good morning. <laughs> and he eventually said to me, David. I don't think you knew him, Dave, because we worked together for some time, didn't we? Um, David, he said, when are you going to tell me that you're a Christian? I said, well, I think, I think right now seems to be, seems to be good, good an opportunity as anything. So I said, I'm a Christian. So he said, thank goodness for that. He said, I haven't got to, I haven't got to come in every morning and wonder. So I said, well, how do you know? He said, groundsman told me. <laughs> God witnesses for us. 
if we're faithful to God, our witness speaks volumes. But we must always referenced it. There was a man who didn't become a Christian for five, six, seven years because his boss was such a great bloke and he thought, this, is, this man's moral, um, he doesn't steal, he doesn't do this, he's conscientious, he's not a Christian so why do I need to be one? I can live a good life without being a Christian. And then one day he, he was born again. I don't know whether he went for Billy, Billy Graham crusade or what, but he got born again. And he said, I must go and tell my boss. And he went charging in and said, Boss, something wonderful's happened. What? I have become a Christian. Congratulations, I've been a Christian for 20 years. He said, you've been what? He said, I've been a Christian for 20 years. He said, well, I've not been a Christian for the last five or ten years because I didn't think you were one. <laughs> now, are we putting people off? Or are we welcoming them in? They need to know. They need to know why we are living the way we are living. Right, okay, time is going, so I'm going to, I think you've heard it all now. We also, well you haven't, um, because how can you deal with service? We also need to be humble, oh I've got to do humble. I've got to do humble. Where is it? Where's humble in my notes? Humble. I don't know where humble's gone. Um, Humility, there it is. We need to serve God in humility. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The reason I wanted to do this is because it's to do with these two fellas. Put that there so you can see. I bet this won't stay out now, but we'll try. Who's this? Do you know who this is? Where did that go? Where did, where did my bit of blue tack go? Did you see that? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Never work with animals, children or blue tack. <laughs> right, what is that then? It's a big eye, isn't it? Oh, there's one blue tack. It's a big eye, isn't it? That's pride. The big eye is pride. My... Uh, my views count, I know how to run this church, if they only did it my way. There's a song there somewhere, isn't it? Oh, I did it my way. That's a big eye, isn't it? Uh, you know, and it's rubbish, isn't it? This church doesn't have to run my way. It has to run God's way. And you know what? There may be other peop- people that God's got in mind to use to do that. And maybe some of my ideas aren't as good as I thought they were. So... Um, now, now you know, you can go and tell the pastor all the things you think that I got wrong. Right, okay. Um, we need to replace the big eye with the little eye. It's not about me, it's about Jesus. It's not what can I do for him, that's, that's pride. It's what can he do through me. We need to get this big eye shrunk down to this size. I use the I use the example quite a lot. We've got to get our flesh, the me bit, in subjection to our spirits. Alright, our flesh must be brought down to the level of listening to and hearing what God is saying to us through our spirit and responding to that. Let's get our f- flesh in subjection to the spirit. So what we're gonna do is put this I've said it now, we've put the big eye down here. This big eye causes more trouble in churches and in society and in jobs than anything else. This big eye is all about, you've offended me. 
you've upset me, you've been critical to me, you've been criticising me. If only we could get rid of that. If only we could say, and pour God's grace on it. Well, perhaps I didn't really understand what they were saying. Perhaps if they'd been very obvious about it, we could pour God's grace and forgiveness on it and not get offended. And that's more easily said than done. But we need to get this big eye down here. It makes no sense to go around thinking and feeling like that. All it does is cause, uh, is cause division and resentment and upset. Let's get rid of all of that, all that jealousy, all that whatever it is. I don't know, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't sort of itemise it all. But you understand what I'm saying. Who am I? I might die in a couple of days' time and go to heaven. So what about the big me then? <laughs> I don't want to be remembered for being uh, a big person. I want to be remembered for someone who trusted Jesus and let him have his way in my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Service. Now we must finish. And we are. Because I'm going to say this in finishing. And this is going to, this is going to get you going. Because even now... We haven't reached the end of the service. His resurrection and our service is not the end because he is coming again. Jesus is coming back again. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, It's not for me to say when and I'm certainly not going to try and give you any teaching and ministry on the end times but he is coming back again, that I can tell you. Zechariah 14 and verse 4 says that when he comes back his feet will be touching the Mount of Olives and the Mount of Olives will split in two and all sorts of things. Uh, You know, of course, he is, the, he is the creator. He was there when the world was created. So it's not surprising that when he comes back as king of kings and lord of lords, his feet touches the Mount of Olives. It's not surprising that nature is in submission to the king and the creator as he returns. And of course, it's blessing because I think water flows out of the, of, 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 of the split. Acts 1 verses 11 and 12 says that he, who, when he was taken up, lots of people, 500 people saw Jesus go. And the angel said, he's coming back in the same way. Back down to the mat. Our Jesus is coming back again. What a wonderful thing that is. That thrills me. Uh, I am going to tell you this. But he won't be coming back before uh, a time in Matthew. Matthew 24 tells us exactly what is happening in the world. Um, just prior to Jesus coming back, wars and famines and all of that, Matthew 24. But it also tells us in Matthew 24, there's going to be a tribulation period before he comes back. And I'm just going to say to you, that means there's a period of judgment coming where God is going to judge the world because of the sin and the horror uh, and the wickedness that have been manifested in this world uh, since, uh, since the fall uh, of Adam. I think the church may well be gone by the time that tribulation period comes. Uh, I think that we all have, may have been caught up to be with Jesus before that starts. But different people have different opinions on that. So that's just the way I feel about it. Um, But he is coming back. And once he comes back, that is only the beginning, not the end. The beginning of a thousand years when Jesus will reign in the millennium as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we will reign... You bet. You bet. 
So we've got a great and glorious future to look forward to. So there you are, my friends. Uh, That's what I've got to say about the fact that uh, Matthew 28, with his resurrection, wasn't the end of the story. We have a part to play in serving him throughout the rest of our lives and up on if we are the generation that is here up until the time that he either comes again or takes us to be with him we have a part to play may god bless us as we seek to serve him and to find out more of what he wants uh, for us to be doing for him thank you